0: 10 and 99.3 WBT, Brett Jensen here with you on this special Monday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen, 704 570 and guys, follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest in breaking news in and around the Charlotte area, and I will tell you that the reason I have a show tonight is not, this is, it's not for a good reason, and it's because Eric Montrose. The famed North Carolina Tar Heel basketball player, who I believe for the last 18 years, I think, has been doing the color commentating for the Tar Heel Radio Network, which you you hear him all the time right here on WBT. Well, it was announced this morning that he had passed and died at the age of 52 after a long battle with cancer. And, you know, I, we'll get into him a little bit more later on in the show because When he came in, I want to say he came in from Indiana. He was, and this is all off the top of my head, but I believe he came in from Indiana, I think. I could be wrong. But he was the number one recruit in the country. Seven feet tall. You know, he had the buzz cut, if you will, like an Army a person going into a Marine boot camp and, you know, the flat top. And he, you know, he won his national championship with the Tar Heels, and he was something that was predominantly you know, massive in college. Didn't have a good career, bounced around, was drafted you in know, the first round by the Celtics, but didn't have a good NBA career. But his college career was a what, two-time uh, second-team All-American, was All-ACC, all that stuff. But anyway, he passed this morning. And because he passed, the Tar Heel Radio Network canceled the coaches' show today. For obvious reasons. And so that's why all of a sudden I have a show tonight. And we'll get into a little bit more later on, perhaps. But I I mean, I have, I interviewed him actually when he was at UNC. I actually interviewed him when he was at UNC. And so we'll talk about maybe a little bit of that when we come back or later on in the show, I should say. But I want to start tonight with a follow-up on something that We did a couple weeks ago, and it was, if you remember, I had a couple people in here, former employees of CMPD. I had Shannon Finnis, who had been in here a couple of other times, who, who left CMPD after being upset by the way that they refused to help out with mental health and a lot of other things that they were doing. And right now, I've been told that things are not going well with the new psychologists they hired either. Heard that from multiple people. But then you also had, if you remember in here, Lauren Frazier. And Frazier is her maiden name. She's since been married, but she is uh, Laura Laughlin, or Lauren Lachlan, But Lauren Frazier, as I called her that night, that's her maiden name. and She's recently married. She was the chief poly- polygraph examiner, if you will. And I say chief in terms of seniority. She'd been there for four years, and the other polygraph examiner had been there one year. And they quit, the two polygraph examiners for CMPD each quit over a lot of things that they claim were going on within the polygraph examination department involving new recruits. So all new CMPD recruits have to go through and take a polygraphic test. I mean, you have to do that in a lot of different areas as well when working for civil service or whether it's, you know, the fire department or city Charlotte well, a lot of different places require lie detector tests. Yes, they're not admissible in court, but they can be required in terms of trying to get a job. So, especially in the public sector of working for a city or a government. So, the claims are that they there are powers that be are so desperate to get these new recruits passed through because they're short 550 is the number I keep hearing now short some 550 recruits talking about CMPD, or short 550 officers talking about CMPD, that they're just trying to do anything and everything to get people in uniform because they are so so short-staffed. So much so that they've lowered the standards in order to be a police officer now. Now, others have done it. Other towns have done it. To what extent? I don't know. I don't know if it's the same thing across the board, CMPD's done more, CMPD's done less. I can only tell you what CMPD's doing. And speaking to many, many, many individuals, and I, when I say many, I mean a ton of people within CMPD. Some some pretty very important people, some uh, the rank and file, the foot soldiers if you will. Said you only have to have a 10th grade reading level, 10th grade reading level now to work at CMPD. Some have said that you can now even have a DUI in your past and still get hired. They used to fire people for DUIs. Now, if you got one in your past, they may hire you. Apparently now, and I well, actually I was told this by people within CMPD uh, on the record, basically, that if you use drugs including Schedule 1, which is your hardcore stuff. Heroin, cocaine, stuff like that. As long as you haven't used those drugs in the last three years, you're good to go. By the way, according to studies done by the National Institute of Health and others that I've seen posted online, 80% of all heroin users have relapses. 80%. Then you might even be able to have a criminal record. I, don't, I mean, that... I don't know if that part's true, but that's what everyone's telling me. Like a small criminal record. So even if that's not true, even if that's not not valid, the drug use part, just as long as you haven't used them in the last three years, the 10th grade reading part, okay. I understand a lot of people graduate CMS with a below average reading level because that's CMS. At the end of the day, that's CMS. And so, and a lot of the other things that we mentioned. But the polygraph, it comes back to the polygraph. And if you remember, Lauren said here that night that about 25% of all new recruits that take just the polygraph should be disqualified. But only a handful actually are. The CMPD only wants to remove remove a handful of them or a couple of them because so many of them, they're just looking for bodies. Just looking for bodies. And if that's not true, then why would you lower the standards? So it's obviously true. It's it's 100% true. Now, so if you mess with the polygraph results in terms of, and I don't mean... By the way, you ask your questions or stuff like that. But how and when you're giving them. And what, just all the circumstances surrounding it that can make them less reliable, the results less reliable. And you're just doing it where there might not be the red flags popping up so you can send them off to the civil service and they can look at it and go, Yep, well, they checked that box. The guy took his polygraph test. Now let's move on to the second part or whatever part. So that's what the two polygraph people quit over. That, amongst other things, complaining about, hey, you put in all these new procedures without talking to any experts about polygraphs. And one of the people that quit, Lauren, is on the state board, there's five members, is on the state board of the polygraph testing, the North Carolina Association of Polygraphers, or the North Carolina Polygraph Association, excuse me. Well, CMPD came back and said, no, 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 no. They didn't like our show and they put out a statement about how stuff I had was wrong. Stuff being said was wrong. And they said, we absolutely did talk with people at the Polygraph or the North Carolina Polygraph Association. I'm here to tell you, they didn't. And when I sent, or, or Mark Garrison, I should say, sent them another email going, Brent knows this, 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 and this, explain this, 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 and this, they sent back an email, and they doubled down, saying that they talked about all these changes about polygraphs, and how, hey, these were signed off on, and these were... Hey, everyone agreed to these, or the person that we spoke to agreed to this. Well, I'm here to tell you that is just just not true. And while some of you may not think it's a big deal, at the end of the day, okay, taking a polygraph test, well, that can weed out a lot of people. I don't know what the questions are. I didn't ask Lauren this, and I probably should have, but... I would think something of the questions might be or you would think they would be something to the effect of do you dislike Mexicans? Do you dislike black people? Do you like black people? Do you like Hispanics? Have you ever beaten your wife? Have you ever beaten your girlfriend? Have you used drugs in the last 12 months? Have you used drugs, drugs in the last six weeks? Whatever. I have no idea if that's the question, but you would think that might be some of the questions asked. So I would think that you would want real, honest answers to those and other very important questions, which is why they give the polygraph. But CMPD doubled down, not knowing that I have all the information surrounding the North Carolina Polygraph Association's board. I have it all. Got it all. So when we come back, I want to get into that a little bit because it is important and i think it's even more important if you've got an agency that's supposed to serve and protect as they like to say you got people there trying to do a big massive cya because they just got promotions off of this massive recruiting class that they got coming in so it would seem to me and after i present to you all the information that i have at it will likely seem to you the same way that CMPD is simply just not telling the truth. C-Y-A. When we come back, we'll get into that. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen going up until 8 o'clock here on a special Monday due to the North Carolina Coaches Show with Hubert Davis being canceled because of the passing of Eric Montras, Montras part of the University of North Carolina Radio Network and a longtime player there at North Carolina. I guess his four years there and won a national championship as well in 1992. Okay, so I believe it was 92. So, um, CMPD, trying to, from everything that I have gathered, to try and go in massive CYA mode, cover your blank. I mean, I could say it, but you know you know what it is. They put out a statement privately, or they sent an email to me and Mark Garrison last week that said this. In our last statement, we stated that we consulted with the North Carolina Polygraph Association when updating our standard operating procedures for the polygraph unit. That is true. Specifically, we consulted with the training coordinator of the North Carolina Polygraph Association. Our updated SOP aligns directly with the recommendations made by the NCPA, North Carolina Polygraph Association, training coordinator. And... Here's exactly how I start off my response. I'm letting you know that those involved have, at the very least, been misleading to you, but more accurately, flat lying to you. That's our respondent to CMPD, to their communications person. The training coordinator for the Polygraph Association was indeed contacted. They didn't talk about changing all the procedures and everything else of the polygraph, because these are three off, three people, specifically two. They're officers. They're not polygraph experts. They are, as they like to say, way out of their lane on this. So why would people who know nothing or have very little expertise, actually zero expertise, who are CMPD employees, actual officers, want to change the practice and standards. What motivation could they possibly have in order to change the procedures when they are short some 550 officers, they just had their biggest recruiting class in the history of CMPD, some 84 officers or whatever it is, And they're just trying to get as many people, oh, and those people that are trying to change this or wanting things different, a couple of them just got promoted. Ah, go figure. So, but what did they speak to the trainer about? The guy that's on the board, the guy that uh, happens to be, you know, like I said, on the board? The trainer for the North Carolina Polygraph Association? They talked to him about whether or not he would like to work as a contract employee given the polygraph examination and whether or not things that are necessary to maintain their licenses to be polygraphs. Because you heard Lawrence say a couple weeks ago, hey, CMPD doesn't want to, they're not paying for us to go anymore to these classes. They don't, they don't even care if they take these classes. Oh, Okay. Well, the trainer said, no, these classes are absolutely mandatory and necessary. CMPD's like, yeah, we don't care. Don't care. From everything that I'm being told. So no one on the board was spoken to about changing the operating procedures from everything that I've been told. By multiple people. In association with that board. So... But here's the other thing. But again, it goes back to the simple question. Why would the officers who do not have any knowledge, they may have basic and rudimentary knowledge. They're not experts in this. They're not taking the classes. They're not certified. That's like me going, you know what? Hey, I've watched Law and Order. Let me tell you, murder detectives, homicide detectives, how to do your job. I've seen Law and Order. What? That would be really out of my lane, right? In order to maybe get more things in my favor? If, like, hey, in terms of convictions or whatever. But here's what you need to know. The person that they're claiming that they spoke to about this, the trainer, he worked at CMPD for 33 years. You know what else? He wrote the original operating procedures for the polygraph. He wrote the book and if he comes out and is all upset about this he stands more to lose than gain by being honest by being honest he has more to lose than to gain and there are some other things in there but i i, I don't I, i'm not going to get into there cuz i don't want some of these things to be known publicly i can't let them be known publicly but information that i have that is overwhelmingly in the favor of CMPD going in CYA mode and just not being honest. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Some more CMPD stuff. If you remember last week when, I think it was last week Tuesday, as a matter of fact, yeah, it was Tuesday, That all the videos really surrounding that particular incident involving the cop, Pistone, and hitting Pierre, the woman, in the leg, I think 17 times. If you remember in the press conference just last week, it was um, the decision to come out, and I mean this in its actual term, literally minutes before the press conference by the review board, that Pistone must be suspended 40 hours and take, undergo training. Now, I can tell you, which is the reason why I asked the question that I asked. I asked the very first question of the press conference. And the question was, was this review expedited in any way? Because everything I've been told by speaking to nearly a dozen officers, is that it usually takes three months just to get the hearing, and this was over and done with in less than a month. And Chief Jennings sat right there and said, absolutely not. Absolutely not was this expedited in any way. So it was just purely by coincidence that the same day that the videos came out, the decision on Pistone came out purely by coincidence. One had absolutely nothing to do with the other. Is that what, is that what I, because that's, that's what he said. Oh, no, no, no. We didn't expedite it. We did not expedite it. I can tell you, speaking to, again, another very important person within CMPD, that they said when they heard his response, talking about Chief Jennings, they immediately turned off the press conference because they were disgusted with his answer. That comes from within someone at CMPD. And they said to the people on the review board, it was an automatic given that they were going to find this guy guilty because they had already hooked up with the Charlotte NAACP, talk about CMPD, on new training and stuff like that. And they seemed rather surprised when I asked that question last week also. Hey, are you involving the NAACP of Charlotte with your new procedures on arrests and stuff like that? And he had this little bit of a – Johnny Jennings, the chief, had a little bit of a surprised look on his face when I asked that. I don't think they knew I knew that. There's a lot they don't know that I know, obviously. And so, again, it was reiterated to me in no uncertain terms by multiple people that generally it takes at least three months to have a review board put together. But obviously, this was expedited so that they could announce his punishment at the day of the press conference, therefore trying to prevent and save face within the community. Okay. And I also didn't understand... And I know I'm talking about something about a week ago, but Garrison and I were talking and he said something that I had not even thought of. It was almost like Chief Jennings was talking out both sides of his mouth. We are punishing Officer Pistone for doing this. We're suspending him. 40 hours. We think he was excessive. We think that all he only needed to do, the three blows to her thigh, not the additional 14. But... At the same point, I'm defending my officers, and I think we should, be, uh, we should fight against any lawsuit. Wait a you suspended the guy. But then you said you were going to back your guy. Well, which one is it? So there's a lot of inconsistencies coming out of CMPD. I mean, we already know their policies on active shooters. Active shooters is a big thing here in America, obviously. The number one place in the world, and it's not even close. But yet, they won't let anyone do interviews about active shooters with their active shooter training expert. No one's allowed to. No one's allowed to do interviews. None, none. You were not allowed to record it. Anything, even though the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department has all that stuff out there on YouTube. Many uh, universities has active shooter training videos on what to do on YouTube. The FBI comes out and it says, "Yep, we've done this." So, lots of things. It's just weird. It's just weird. And you can almost mark exactly when things all started to change within CMPD. You can almost pinpoint it to a very specific day when all this stuff started happening within CMPD. From the way they were going to not deal with the media anymore... Basically, if we have a question or an email about something, sorry. Good luck getting it. Good luck getting response. The fact that they thought a couple different times there might be an active shooter at a mall. And it took them two hours before they put anything out. Meanwhile, I've got family members whose kids work at the mall calling me and reaching out to me on social media going, Brett, what's going on? My child's there. But yet, CMPD was quiet for two hours. CMPD had a 36-hour SWAT standoff with someone. Did they speak to the media right when it was over and done with? Nope. Waited about 24 to 36 hours. I think it was just over 24 hours. Okay. I think it was maybe around 30 hours. Now, this polygraph stuff flat out saying, yeah, we we did this. Really? You might want to tell the people involved that that, uh, that you're claiming are involved that it happened. You might want to inform them. So it's just a lot of things. And now, also, the whole situation involving Officer Pistone. It was a horrible look, caught on video, and that's why... Johnny Jennings felt the need to do something. And look, I'm sorry. I like I know what his answer was to me, but you can't convince me ever in this lifetime that it was purely by coincidence that on the exact same day that the videos were released, minutes before the press conference started that afternoon, last Tuesday afternoon, that the uh that the official ruling on the case from the Um, internal review board just purely by coincidence came out like I I don't know I, I I do not understand I don't understand Robert thanks for calling Robert I appreciate it buddy you're welcome I just wanted to talk about the polygraph it seems that hardly anybody knows that polygraphs are not acceptable in a court of law because they're so unreliable uh well the, no no no, no that, well no here's the thing, polygraphs are not. Yes, th- but they're not unreliable because they're it's not because they're so unreliable. Are they a hundred percent guaranteed? No, and that's part of the reason why they're not admissible in court. They're not a hundred percent guaranteed. But let me ask you a question. I mean. You would, if they were say 90% reliable or 93% reliable or 95% reliable, that 5%, that's still a big enough or 7% is still big enough where you might not, if you're the defendant, you wouldn't want that in court. Um, Because what happens if you really didn't do it and there's that 7% or 5% or 4% that says you are, that they get wrong? But so it's not like it's fifty-fifty or only two-thirds accurate. I mean, it, they've come a long, long, long way since the nineteen thirties. Well, you know, I saw a sixty Minutes thing. They're very. It's, if you look at that polygraph and say, "I think he and he did it," guess what? They find that he and he did it. Well, and they're just not reliable. Right? Well, and, and I appreciate the phone call, Robert. The problem is though. For every one you find, I can probably, you know, there's probably a thousand that were accurate or a hundred that were accurate. So, of course, the people that are getting involved in 60 Minutes, they're going to highlight the big thing that stood out. Like, 99 things or, you know, a hundred things from CMPD may be accurate. But I'm highlighting the one thing that's not from everything that I've been told. So that's what you, you find the one thing, and that's what gets highlighted. So, and even if they went out and found three people, okay, out of how many thousands? But again, they're not admissible in court, but they can be admissible or required when it comes to jobs. I mean, people have been having to take polygraphs for a long time to keep their jobs. A very long time. Decades and decades to keep their jobs. So, I mean, it's not that they're just, oh, they're unreliable. It's not like flipping a coin. I mean, there is science involved. And a lot of science involved. All right, when we come back, let's get into a couple other things real quick before we send you off into the night. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Just a few more minutes here, going up until 8 o'clock. Follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen. By the way, just doing some quick search. Article in Bloomberg. Um, And by the way, that... uh, I do want to say, Robert, that from what I found, the article or the 60 Minutes polygraph stuff was well over a decade ago, I believe. I just did a quick search. Um, But yeah, so that article or that show you saw, that episode was well well over a decade ago. Um, But I did find this in Bloomberg. The polygraph invented in 1921 is today's most widely trusted lie detection device. It is used to determine who gets hired by the CIA the FBI, the Drug Enforcement Administration, and police departments all over the country. It it helps decide who gets security clearances as well. Police detectives use it as an investigative tool. Intelligence officers use it to assess the credibility of sources, and exams are commonly required as condition of parole and probation for sex offenders. So they are extremely widely used, but at the same point, there are some of those um, in the scientific community who just say they're not 100% reliable. And even in 1998, Supreme Court Justice uh, Clarence Thomas said, there is simply no consensus that polygraph evidence is reliable. And most judges have agreed. Now granted, that was in 1998. Now, let's just take a look. How much, let's just say from the time that the 60 Minutes episode was on, how much time has lapsed or how much, how different are cell phones now than they were in 2012 or 2007? That's the year the iPhone came out, 2007. How different are cars now from 2012 to to now? Did your cars talk to you? Did your cars have GPS in them? Twenty twelve, maybe. I don't. I mean, maybe maybe some of the super super high end ones. I, I I'm not aware of any, but maybe they did. I mean, they had some had screens and video screens, and you could watch you know your DVDs for the kids in the back seat. But things have changed quite a bit. Technology never stops. It never stops. But Like I said, it is used in all these aspects. And I could give you the officer's names within CMPD. There's no point in doing that, I'm not going to. I could give you and tell you more about um, the trainer that is in charge of the polygraph uh, on on the North Carolina Polygraph Association Board. He worked at CMPD 33 years. He has an immediate family member that was at CMPD for more than 40 years and others that worked within the fire department and other first responders. The guy's a lifelong Char- charlatan. He's got no reason to make this up. But what about the ulterior motive of others? Do the others have reasons? Circumstantial evidence would seem to suggest so. But I'm not going to release their names, even though I have them. I'm not doing it. There's no point in that. It doesn't accomplish anything and nothing gets solved. But at least CMPD now knows that I know exactly what I'm talking about. They do. They absolutely know. And I'm sure they're not happy about it. Uh, I, I don't know why they would be. But, yeah, I'm sure they're not happy that I have all this information, that people actually talk to me. And it's more, I mean, it's it's quite a bit. So, anyways. Tomorrow, I can tell you this. Uh, tomorrow's show, you definitely, without question, do not want to miss tomorrow's show. I also have another special show coming up later in the week on Thursday. But tomorrow is a very, very special show because it's something that we or at least I don't get to do a lot of. I'm interviewing a person that is just a normal person. And what I mean by that is it would be no different than 99% of you listening to my voice right now. And then all of a sudden, you're running for politics and a pretty important office. Clear out of the blue. Clear out of the blue. You know this person's husband. And very well. If you ever listen to this show or this station, you know this person's husband extremely well. And now, basically, on the last hour of the last day to file to run for election, she has. And I cannot wait until my long conversation, or, or I should say my conversation with her tomorrow. I, I am looking so forward to this. And by the way, my interview with her will be the first one that she's given. Because she has balked at all other interviews so far. All right, so until tomorrow, and I am on with Bowen both tomorrow morning, so make sure you join that as well. I'll see you tomorrow, guys. I'm Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. WBT Charlotte, WBT FM Chester, WLNKHD2 Charlotte. New-